Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Shaky's Cricketing Journeys. Um, the, 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 you know, we're, we're, we're getting quite late into the season now. Um, I've, uh, I hope I've kept you entertained on Saturday evenings now that we don't have any cricket going. Um, and the guest today is uh, another bright, uh, you know, very big Scottish, Scottish talent, wicketkeeper batsman. Um, I have today with me the pleasure to have Matthew Cross. Hi, Sheik, how are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm good, thank you. I'll start by t- talking about first things first. The most important thing is that you're like a Twitter legend at the moment, mate. <laughs> like, uh, these golf skills at home, I've been amazed by them. Yeah, I mean, I've now got the burden of having to keep it going. I've kind of put it on the back burner now. It's taken its toll on me a little bit, but it was, you know, it was just a way of getting through the days to start with, and then people seem to really enjoy it, so I kept it going for a bit, but I've sort of gone off it now, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I can imagine it looks great when you do it on camera, but it takes quite a lot of setting up. Oh, honestly, the, the range of emotions I've gone through during these days is just ridiculous. I mean, some of these things take an hours and, you know, a couple of times I've been up at 1 or 2 a.m. still trying to do it, and I'm like, what am I doing? But it's been, it's been good fun and people have enjoyed it, so what can I do? No, no, absolutely. I mean, like you say, it looks great on the, on the take that we get to see when it all works. <laughs> but I can imagine there's some moments of uh, pulling your hair out during it. Um, you've kind of gone head to head against a South African legend and Sean Pollock. I think you've, I think you've tipped that one. To be honest, mate. I mean, he's he's done pretty well, but yours is, yours have been different. I, I particularly enjoyed the one when you're out, when you do it on the stairs and then you run yeah. to the top of the stairs and celebrate with a sip of beer. Um, which <laughs> I think with a sip of beer, that was that was pretty impressive. So not good for you, mate. But uh, all good things, I suppose, start to take their toll. And uh, you, you, I've, I've noticed, but we need to have something. Later on in the season again from you. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll start thinking of something new. Good man, good man. So yeah, Cross, I want to go back to the early days. You were born October 15th, a fellow October man, um, yeah. 1992 in sunny Aberdeen. 1992 is a great year for me. It's a year Pakistan won the World Cup. So you know, <laughs> it's, it's a massive, massive inspiration. So you were born in a great year. I just want to talk to you, I guess, about your early cricketing days, how you got into cricket, your background. So, please. Yeah, so I went to school at Robert Gordon's College in Aberdeen. A uh, big rugby kind of hockey school, so it was all rugby hockey, really. Um, it was a, I mean, I'm talking a little bit of cricket in the, in the summer term, but it just wasn't important there. Um, but in my primary six, so I'd been probably nine or ten, I think, I had a teacher called Mr. Wilkinson. And some afternoons, he just... You know, he was an absolute legend. He just got bored. So he took us all down to the gym hall and we started playing cricket and everybody hated it. Pretty much everyone except me. I felt like I kind of just, I was, I was decent at it. I could throw, I could hit. So I was like, I can do this. Uh, and he kind of suggested that I went to Aberdeenshire and started, you know, through the summer, obviously, once school finished. And then, you know, from there, Aberdeenshire, I really enjoyed it. Played, I was playing sort of under 12s, under 13s when I was 9 or 10. And then, a year or so later, I was trialling for the Scotland under 12. So quite quickly, it became something, you know, I went into the North under 13s or whatever it was at the time. And a couple of years later, I spent Scotland under 12. So quite quickly from starting school, I was, you know, representing Scotland and it was, you know, off and running. And were you a, were you a glove man early days? As, you know, as someone asked me about this the other day. So I went down to my first Scotland under 12 trial, would have been, I think, 10 or 11, maybe 11. And they said to everyone, like, you know, who's the wicket keepers? And I'd never done it before. I just batted and I bought a little bit of medium pace. 
Mm-hmm. Like, no, no one really put their hand up, so I was like, I'll do it. Put my hand up, and I was like, I was thinking, like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't do this. Um, yeah, and then suddenly I was a wiki keeper, like, um, you know, that I didn't actually get picked that year um, from the 12, so I was like a year young, if that makes sense. Um, but I came back the next year and, and I got picked and I was the wiki keeper batter for the under 12s. So it was kind of a bit of an impulse thing to, to do it, but I'm glad I did because I was never really going to have any sort of bowling talent, I don't think. Well, I mean, if you were going to bowl, I would imagine you probably would have had to find some spin talent because you're probably similar to myself, probably a bit, I think you're probably a bit shorter than me as well, Crossy. Um, so I don't think you would have been a tear away quick. So keeping, no. keeping was probably a, a, a good route for you. Um, yeah. so, so, it was, so it was quite early anyway. I mean, it happened pretty much at the start of your, your career that you decided that, you know, you were going to be a glove man um, along, yeah. with, along with your batting. Because some people, you know, it was interesting. I was talking to Gavin Hamilton on, on his podcast and he didn't know he was going to be a medium-paced bowler until he was like 17 or 18. So some people take some time, just do different things through their... But you kind of started working on that area of your game pretty early um, as soon as you started out. Yeah, I think I think I just enjoyed it as well. Like the one thing about keeping is you were always in the game. Yeah. Like I can imagine being a young kid and you were just standing in the field, you start drifting, looking at the clouds. I, you can't couldn't really do that when you were keeping. So I guess I enjoyed that side of it. Obviously, it's it's a weird game cricket. You can miss out with the bat, but you don't really miss out when you're a keeper. So yeah. It was always I mean, there some some Saturdays as well in Scotland. You would love to have a pair of inners and a pair of gloves on. <laughs> not that, not that. Then after you see the keeper's gloves after a couple of years of doing it, you kind of, you don't envy them too much. But I mean, it's certainly warmer under the gloves catching a ball than it is with the cold hands and a and a cold Glasgow day. I tell you that much. Um, yeah. So you know, you you start playing Scotland in the twelves. Um, I'm sure you obviously then played through all the ranks at, at junior level. My first experience of playing with you. How old would you have been? We played a game against MCC. I think it was a three yeah. year down at down at Air, and you'd come in to you'd come in to keep for the side. You would have been young. I think I was. I think I was either. I think I was fifteen, turning sixteen in the winter because I just played a two day game for the under seventeens at that time. Um, I remember, like, I got the call. I can't even remember who was in charge, to be honest. It might have been Tenors. Yeah, Tenors, I think. Um, coach, yeah. He told me that I was going to play, and I was playing this on the 17 game, and I was like, oh, God, here we go. Like, this is a bit scary. Um, yeah, so obviously, I, I, it was quite, you know, I felt, I felt the pressure come into there as well, because actually, you know, yourself, Flanners, uh, Icky, I think Richie played, like, yeah. quite a strong team, and I was going yeah. and having to keep as well. It's not like I could hide in the field, and I was like, yeah. I'm going to have a bit of spotlight here. And I remember in the slips, it was you and Flanners next to me. So I was a bit like, oof. Yeah, I remember it well. You were only a little, you were only a little toddler, yeah. man. You were only a young. But to be honest, I, I can remember, fondly remember you handled yourself very well. Um, you know, there was obviously a lot of chat going around um, in the slip cordon. But you seemed <laughs> to have something. I could see that you had something about you. You weren't, you weren't completely, you weren't a mute. You know, you got involved in the chat a little bit and it was, it was good to see. And I, and I, and I seem to remember you, you kept pretty well. I don't, Remember you doing much with the bat? I would imagine. I think yeah, I don't even think Pretty you. Sure you and Flanners got hundreds, yeah, and then yeah. we bowled twice from memory. Yeah, that's not that's right. Um, I think Flanners. Yeah. I think he might have ran me out or something. I think I got ran out by <laughs> Flanners in that game as well. We I'll, never, I'll never forget that morning. I remember turning up and uh, Ross Lyons was playing as well. Ross Lyons would have been playing. Yeah. And I'd never seen. I'd never seen him play, but I knew he's a left arm spinner. Yeah. The first boy bowled like in the warm. He bowled leggy, didn't he? Yeah. 
And I had no idea. And I remember this is the first thing I'd done as soon as I turned up, was try yep. and catch the ball. Expecting left arm off spinning ball, leggy went straight past me and like went miles down the hill at here. Yeah. I was just sat there like, this is going to be, you know, that's it. I'm done already. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, at that point I was a bit like, oh God, it's going to be a tough three days. But you guys were brilliant with me and, you know, it was exactly what I needed to get in. You know, just a bit of keeping and it was a good three days, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was enjoyable. It was, it's, it's unfortunate. It was the only game of cricket I've ever played with you. Um, yeah. You know, obviously there was a big age gap between us. So when I was kind of in the national team, by the time my kind of days started coming to an end, you were coming into the coming into the post. So it was unfortunate that I never got to never got to play more cricket with you. But it's still nice to have played with you as a young pup all all, all those years ago. Um, what I want to go in to talk to you about now, Crossy, before we go on to talk to some of your highlights in your career, I really wanted to talk to you. I think your story is really interesting. You obviously are one of these uh, boys that went to the famous. Loughborough University. Mm-hmm. Um, you went there to study engineering. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming improve your cricketing skills to, to give you the opportunity to become a professional cricketer. So what age were you when you, when you went to Loughborough? So I was, came out of school 17, uh, as we do in the Scottish system. Uh, so I was 17 when I went down to Loughborough for my trials. Um, and like, to be honest, I had no expectations of getting in or anything. This is a pretty prestigious program, especially Loughborough. It was the, the big one in terms of cricket. Um, I turned off my trial and there was 70, 80, maybe even 100 people there like, wanting to get on this program. So How many I had no expectation. And, roughly available? Well, was only, <clears throat> I think it was only 22 in the first year. And I was a bit like, I've, I've got no hope here. Because they had Sam Billings, who is the big rising star from Kent, obviously. And David Murphy, who was already playing county cricket for Northlands. So I had zero expectation of even being in the squad. And, you know, I enjoyed, enjoyed the trials and, you know, got picked in my first year, which was, you know, pretty big for me, I guess. Um, got me straight into that kind of programme of training five days a week. So in hindsight, that was quite a big moment was getting on that programme first year because I didn't expect to get into my second or third year once maybe those two guys had left. So it was quite a big, big moment. And I can't thank Graham Dilley enough for the, you know, almost giving me a chance at the start. That's right. The late, the late Graham Dilley was, uh, yeah. was coached down there at that time. Obviously somebody that coached Scotland in the 99 uh, World yeah. Cup as well. Um, England, England fast bowler. How, how was he to work with? I've, I've never actually got, I never got to work with him one-on-one, but I've heard, lot, I've heard lots of great stuff about him. I mean, he's one of the, he's definitely the scariest person I've ever been coached by. I swear to God, I've, I mean, I remember our first fitness session, it, it, you know, he takes everything pretty seriously in terms of your commitment and stuff. And he was sat there behind a computer. We all had heart rate monitors on mm-hmm. to make sure everyone was working. And we were just running laps for about an hour. And it was, I mean, I've never been, I've never been so scared of messing up something as simple as running around in a circle, but. I remember there was one kid who dropped out within about the first five minutes. This was literally training session one, and he just absolutely let him have it. And there was a fear, it was a fear factor, to be honest. That probably, you know, even in my first one to one with him, he, he absolutely tore me to shreds because he had this bowling machine on, pretty decent swinging away. And at that time, all I was doing was playing shots because that's what I did. Yeah. And he tore me apart and told me I was, he was wasting his time and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I was nearly in tears. And he gave us like, I'm giving you one more chance. And I got through that, but that, after that moment, it was all like head down, work hard when he's around and, you know, do everything that's asked of you. And to be fair, he got the most out of a lot of guys. 
um, especially at that age as well, when everything else at uni is going on, he really worked us that hard that he gave us a chance as well. Yeah. So, how does it all work then, Crossy? I mean, five days a week you said you were training. Yeah. How did it all work? Um, you know, this is the part I want to kind of really get, like, the study and the, and the cricket. How yeah. it all kind of divided and done in the manner that you were able to give everything the, the correct attention? Um, so, so, I mean, we had three gym sessions a week, which were all like 6, six to 7 a.m. type times. Be lectures throughout the day and then it'd be training in the evening, except Wednesday afternoons of sports. So it was pretty much there was a, a training, if not two training sessions a day. And it was just more about being organized than anything. So there's never, you know, they said to us at the start, there's no reason you can't have social support and a educational aspect. You can't, you know, you're at uni at the end of the day. And it more or less was about being organized, like, um, you know, making sure you picked your times when you could go out and when you can you need to stay in because, you know, you've got a long day and things. Um, obviously, some guys didn't go down that route. They skipped, uh, skipped uni lectures and stuff and waited for them to come out online. But Were you one of them, Crossy? I wasn't initially, but by the second and third year, I definitely was. Yeah. Um, rightly or wrongly, I just prioritised my cricket massively after my first year. You know, I probably put everything into first year, which was a bit stupid because it doesn't count for anything, but... At that point, I knew like I really want to do this, and I'm already in the MCCU stuff, so I'm going to make sure I commit to all my training really hard and, and catch up with uni as you know, do go to uni when I can, but when I need to catch up, make sure I find time to do it. And it's just an organizational thing, you know. We still had Saturday and Sundays, no training, you know, you have two whole days there where there's nothing on, so there's always time to, to organize yourself, and there's no reason you can't, can't do both. Yeah. That's interesting. You touched on the. So I didn't know. I didn't actually know this or remember this. You were a YC as well, MCC on cricketer. Yeah, I did YCs when I was. Oh, what was it? Twenty twenty seventeen. I was in the YCs for one year. Yeah. Okay. So, you were doing YCs, Loughborough Uni, and and your study or how did oh, that? The YCs. YCs came after after uni. That I was twenty four. All right. Okay. Okay. So in the last year, I could be on it, and I I got asked to go, so I went. Yeah. Obviously, it's something I did when I was 17 yeah. and 18 as well. Um, be interesting to talk to you about that after this, kind of want to and talk to you because you went as a 24 year old. Probably something I look back at is I wish I'd, went, I wish I'd been able to go when I was a bit maturer because you know, yeah. you're down in London in the big, in the big city, and it's uh, I think it, you know, it was maybe just a bit young at the time to really appreciate what it was and, and get the most out of it. But back to, you, back to your uni stuff, then you know, that's. That's a proper disciplined, you know, lifestyle there that you have to have um, managing your, your, your lectures. Your, was your cricket then kind of late afternoon into the evening? Was that when most of those sessions were? Uh, so it went something like Monday morning gym, Monday evening fitness. Tuesday was, I think, Fat Club, which I was part of for the first year. Okay. Uh, Wednesday was gym in the morning and then afternoon of sort of mostly cricket, maybe some type of strength and conditioning uh, type stuff. Then Thursday was just sprints and fitness in the evening, Friday gym and then recovery swim. So that was the winter kind of. Yeah. Yeah, the winter, that's what we were doing. Um, and then obviously as we went into January, there was an extra cricket session put in there. And then you had like one-to-ones fitted around your lectures as well. So after so did you, did you get, I mean, it, 
just to me, listening to you say that, it, it sounds like a lot. It sounds, yeah, it, is. It, sounds, it sounds pretty damn intense. Were you still managing to, to get you? I mean, because I would imagine down there they would have been putting a lot of emphasis on your studies as well. I mean, that's the whole thing about it. You're, you're coming down there, you're getting to have that experience of, you know, pretty much being a full-time cricketer almost. Um, yeah. But your education is, is, is really important as well. It's the main aspect you're going to uni for. Yeah. Do, you, do you find that you were still able to concentrate? And, and I mean, you must have been tired as well. It must have been taking its, taking its toll in your late evenings when you want to study or something. You know you've got to be up early for a Monday morning gym session. Yeah, I think, like, like I said, so I, would probably, I was probably working to about 18, 19 lecture hours a week on my course. Yeah. A lot of the guys who were on the cricket were doing sports science, geography type things, and they, haven't, they seem to only have like eight or nine hours a week. Yep. I was just fuming about that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it's just finding time, and like, I didn't, I didn't spend a lot of time worrying about my uni work too much. I, I kind of just got it done when the deadline was coming. I didn't, you know, they they say you've got to do all this reading and all that sort of stuff. I didn't do things like that. But um, obviously, when time came to do deadlines and exams, you know, knuckled down. Yeah, put the head yeah, down for a couple of days. And a couple of months break. You know, we had a month over Christmas and New Year to get ready for exams. So, you know, crammed it in hard then. And it's just managing managing your time and yourself. You know, everything's deadlines. So it's not it's not that hard to get yourself organised when you've got deadlines. I think yeah. you can look at everything. You get your deadlines pretty much day one when you turn up. So, so you know, you know when you, you had to put in the extra yards. Yeah, and, I think so. And, and, and other than that, you just attended your lectures. Um, and, and made sure you well more often than not. Uh, first year sounds like you sounds like you you were the keen student in the first year, and then you once you kind of found your feet and knew what you had to do or not to do, then that's maybe when a few late nights took place and uh, a couple of lectures got missed. Yeah, I mean, like in my first year, I was only seventeen. Like, yeah. I'd only even gone out at that point. Like, you know, I was kind of lucky when I was playing with Aberdeen. So they took me out a couple of times, got snuck me in places, but yeah. Um, I'd not really been into the whole going out or anything. And it was a bit that first couple of weeks of freshers and that was an eye opener. Um, And then it was just more a case of organizing myself. And, you know, once I got into, you got into quite a good routine, which is the nice thing with it. You get used to after first two weeks where I held the body was shot to pieces. But after that, you get used to the routine. You figure out when you can sneak in some extra hours of sleep or a couple hours of work. And it's, you know, Actually, hi. People always say like having that routine. It's once you get it, it's not that hard. No, it sounds um, it sounds quality. I mean, I've heard loads of good things um, about it. You're obviously somebody I know. I know personally who's, who's been down there and done it, and it's really interesting to hear. But it sounds intense at the same time. I mean, it's uh, it doesn't sound easy. It sounds like you know you're you're pretty much playing as a professional cricketer. Um, yeah, that's what that's what they try to push you to become, isn't it? There. They're trying to basically make you do full-time, what a full-time professional cricketer would do as well as studying. So, you know, they really are pushing you hard. Um, but then then I guess at the end of the day, you walk away with maybe a bit of first-class experience, played some high-standard cricket. You yep. see other guys who are going to become pros or you see the England guys in there uh, and you've got a degree. So, oh, as, mate. as a system, it's brilliant. If I, could, if I could rewind time myself personally... Um, I went and put all the eggs into the, going down the professional cricket route and went to the YCs, which didn't have the education. Um, mm-hmm. Left school and went straight. I mean, my son, for instance, if he chose he wanted to do sport, I would certainly be advising him to go down the route like what you've done. 
um, I think I think education is. But I think there's a lot more emphasis on it now. Crossy, I think cricketers coming through are encouraged. Yeah. By different counties and stuff. There's more. There's more help than there was maybe t- 10, 15 years ago um, to help guys also get their education. And um, mm-hmm. because if you miss that window, you you. you you need to start earning money, you know, there's, you need to start paying your bills and stuff like that. So that's the time to do it, 17, 18, 19, 20, education and, and strive to. So yeah. it sounds like, you know, it was a perfect grounding for you to get yeah. your degree. Um, so, you, so you successfully completed your degree, so you've got a degree in engineering? Yeah. Um, do you think that'll be something you go back to? And- I don't know. I mean, I don't know, to be honest. It's not at the moment my plan, but I'm purely just focused on cricket, you know. Yeah. Hopefully I can play as long as I can, but it's it's at least there. And if needs to be used, I'm sure I'll have to dip into it. Well, you're only you're only twenty. I mean, of course, you're 27 years old right now. You've got I'm hoping a long career, a long career ahead of you. If you keep if you keep those fitness, if you keep that fitness up. I mean, before we came on, I got a text message from you around half past five, where you'd informed me that you were just coming back from a run. So if the Scotland national coach is listening. <laughs> Crossy's putting in the yards. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not skipping. Skipping any corners. He's not just playing. He's not just doing golf trick. Golf tricks at home. He's also. He's also putting the fitness in. Good on you. Um, and you, you touched on obviously you had some good first class experience because Loughborough obviously playing a lot of the four. Yeah. They play a lot of four day cricket, don't they? Yeah. So in my, I made my first class debut in my final year against Sussex. Um, so you get to play, they, get, they play three games against the counties and that year they made two, the last game not first class, uh, which was against North Hampshire, so we played against Costa actually. Um, so my first class debut was against Sussex and we played against an attack of McGoffin, Jordan and I can't remember who the other one was, but they were three proper bowlers and I, my first class debut innings was against Chris Jordan with three overs to go, running down the hill at Sussex in the season he took about 100 wickets. Yeah. Clean me up. Um, but yeah, I walked away from Loughborough with a degree. I was at that at, at the time I walked away playing for Scotland. Um, I, I was with Notts and I played two or three first class games as well. So I couldn't have walked away from Loughborough with any more, really. Yeah, but that, I mean, um, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a, what a grounding to go yeah. on and, uh, and become a, a professional cricketer from that. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think. Um, it's like you got a degree in cricket as well. Pretty much, you knew how you knew what it took to then go on if you wanted to be a professional cricketer and be successful being a professional cricketer. You'd had a degree in that as well. So not only are you thankful for a, a degree in uh, engineering, you've also got a cricket degree coming out of that. So for anybody listening, um, if you wants to be a you know a professional cricketer but wants to get your education as well, Loughborough sounds like a great route, but. Don't 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 uh, think it's for the weak. It doesn't sound like it's for the faint-hearted. It sounds like you need to be pretty tough and pretty mm-hmm. skillful um, to, to get to be able to handle the experience. So so no, good on you, Crossy. You know that's fantastic. Um, I want to now go on and talk to you a little bit about you know some of the highlights of your your career. Um, yeah. First of all, I want to just mention the teams you've played for. So you've played obviously Scotland national team, still a current national team player. Hopefully for many years to come. Um, you played Loughborough Uni, MCC Young Cricketers, Essex Seconds, Nottinghamshire, and then in recent times, I'm hoping your bank balance improved a little bit by playing for um, the Montreal Tigers that we can have a, have a chat have a chat about as well. Your your first big announcement 
certainly for me looking on as a as a fellow cricketer at that time, I'll never forget it, um, was the Under-19 World Cup that you went out to as vice-captain for the Scotland team. Um, and you announced yourself in the world stage by scoring 100 against 70 balls against Australia. And it's interesting, I just watched a little clip before coming on here, and I'm pretty sure you brought your, your 100 up, hitting it over long on for six. Yeah. Talk to me about that day, mate. Just to clarify, there was no scoreboard, so I had no idea what I was on. Okay. And I hit it, and then obviously guys started cheering, and I, I, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> 90-odd, I wouldn't have. <laughs> so... Probably lucky that there was there was no no real big scoreboard. So um, it was a strange kind of day because we'd we'd got absolutely pumped everywhere by what turns out to be pretty much a ball played for Australia now. Yeah, uh, I think Travis. Who are we, ta- we talking? Who are we talking? Uh, so they'd line up with something like Bancroft, uh, Travis Head, uh, Ashton Agar. I mean, all, they've all played in the bash. I'm trying to remember. They had the Will Bazisto, who was the captain. I mean, all these guys were playing big bash within a year or two. Yep. Um, and they'd absolutely smashed us everything. They got 380 or something silly like that. Yep. They were just being awful. And me being me, I was getting pretty moody by the stumps because we were just being rubbish. Yep. It wasn't even that they were good. We were just awful. Yep. And it wasn't their warm game, but it was more, you know, so when I came out to bat, I was getting a lot from their boys. Yep. As like, you did from the Aussies. Dogs abuse from their boys, so you know they had three eighty on the board. They were kind of laughing at us a bit, um, and yeah, I guess once you're chasing a score like that, you've only really got one thing in your mind. I think you know, I got first couple away, and then it just I was like, well, let's go. If yeah. you're gonna gonna go down, we might as well go down swinging a bit. And we ended up, I think we got two seventy or something, but I think we showed at least we can play a couple of the other boys. Oh. Quite a few. I think Henry Edwards got fifty odd as well quickly. So it was like. You know what? They were giving it to me, so I was like, "Let's let's try and take them on a bit." And it was, you know, it, it just it was my day in terms of that game, but um, it was good fun. No, no, love that, love that story. Like you do when you come up against. I mean, I had the experience of going under ninety World Cup. West Indies hit us for four hundred. Um, the Aussies <laughs> hit us for three fifty. Cameron White got yeah. hundred fifty against us. Um, and you know, you do, you do feel that they, they, they want to bully you. Um, to, and for you to come out and, and play the way you did, you know, I bet it shut a few of them up, which is good to hear, uh, because coming from Scotland, you're kind of, you know, I talked to John Mooney about this as well. He had his experience of playing Australia under-19 World Cup, and he said they just tried to basically talk to them, like, you know, they laughed at them in the morning of the game, and they did quite well against them in the match, and yeah. you, know, you earn their respect, which, yeah. is, uh, which is what it's all about. So that must have really given you a lot of confidence. You must have really... Felt good about yourself at that point to, to kickstart on from there? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a pretty disappointing under-19 World Cup after that, to be honest, but I got a lot of 30s and 40s, which looking back was, you know, not, not good enough. It's not what we now look for. We're looking for guys to get hundreds and, and win games and take, take that responsibility, which maybe after that innings, I just felt like I, I have to keep playing this way. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always go right. You get out, you hit a couple straight up. Um, so I was, you know, coming away from under-19 World Cup, shown what I could do but can do better so yeah. I you know I felt like I think that was 2012 and I felt like I was pushing towards you know trying to get into that senior side soon hopefully yeah um I think I pro- I think I had to wait another kind of probably another year before the YB40s came in the next year mm-hmm. um so yeah no I, I was 
you know, that was my, me done with under 19 cricket after that World Cup. We, we finished 11th, which was pretty good. Yep. We beat Ireland again. Um, yep. Top, well, we might not have been Afghanistan, might have been top associate, but we were the, we finished 11th. So it was, it was a decent World Cup. Boys showed what they could do. I think we had quite a good team as well. So. Yep. Something I, did, I, I didn't touch on and, um, when you were mentioning your early playing days, you obviously come from a club that has another fellow, you know, serious wicketkeeper, a guy that I played quite a bit of cricket with. Um, what did you know, did Colin Smith, Floppy? Did he have quite a bit, quite a good influence on you coming through as a keeper? Yeah, I guess it was obviously slightly different builds. Yeah, um, slightly. But obviously, there was always someone there when I was at Aberdeen. Although he wasn't there that much because he was juggling police commitments and playing for Scotland. There's always someone to kind of aspire to him. When I did see him, it was always good. You know, he's not, he's a quite a quiet guy, but yeah. we didn't, we didn't necessarily do much talking, but there's always someone there I could look at and go, what does this guy do? And I'd seen him training a few times on his own, like with a ball machine and stuff. Yeah, he does have some, he does have some interesting, interesting. Yeah, stuff. no, he had some interesting theories and he did it. He definitely did it his way, but, yeah. he was, you know, very effective, and, you know, in my opinion, the best has ever been for Scotland. So I always looked up at, literally looked up at him. Um, and, you know, I got to play a few games in Aberdeenshire before I left for uni, you know, when I made my debut for Aberdeenshire. So that was, you know, pretty special as well. I remember we won a game, got a photo somewhere, we won a game at Arlington where he got 60 on the line, I got 15 maybe back, six or seven when I was young. And it was kind of one of those moments I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and obviously at that point I was like, I want I want his spot when he's done with it or I want to be a, a Scotland wicketkeeper. So, um, yeah, it was interesting. We, we picked um, myself and Matthew Parker, we we did we did one of his I was on one of his podcasts just recently. I mean, you might by the time this comes out, actually, you might have heard this already, Crossy. But we picked the the Scotland team um, from the '99 till now, um, and obviously we we opted for Colin Smith at this moment in time. But we did feel that eventually you got the potential definitely there to go on and become Scotland's best wicketkeeper batsman. So that's something that you've got that got that benchmark there to. To, to aspire to, I hope that I hope that's the case because obviously there's still a lot of chapters left in your career. Hopefully you stay fit and go on to do loads of different things. Moving on, then um, you mentioned we touched on the YCs. Yeah. So you actually, this is this is this is this is what I, I found interesting. When I went down to the YCs, I was 17, but then I had people. There was like people on my team who were like 23, 24. Mm-hmm. That was scary. I mean, I, I, they were actually really good with me, and they were good with me, but. It was hard as well at times, you know, some of the changing room banter and stuff like that. You know, I, I was quite a confident kid, but you yeah, know, you would get the piss taken out of you quite a bit. And you know, there was some days where I was, I felt a little bit, you know, I'm out of my, I'm out of my depth here. You obviously went there as quite a mature adult at that point, well, close to being, I don't know, close to being. I'm sure there was a couple of occasions down in the old YCs that maybe you, you weren't so mature. But I mean, talk to me about that experience because I know I know from doing it, it's a, it's a it's it's awesome, man. Turning up at Lords every day is your place of work. Yeah, I mean, so I was in Australia actually that winter with one of the other boys who was on the white season. He was like, "Do you want to come?" And I was like, "Well, actually, yeah, I quite fancy that." Um, so I went down there, and Steve Kirby was coach. Okay. And I obviously I played against the YCs a few times for knots, twos, and stuff, and they they weren't they weren't a laughing stock, but. Probably in some ways, the way the counties look at Scotland, they look at the YCs as yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah. and they expect to absolutely smash them. So I kind of was like, and I got there, and I was like pleasantly, like really surprised. Obviously, Curbs is quite, he's an unbelievable guy, like wants the best, demands the best. Yeah. 
and with some serious some serious players around, we had this indoor tent at uh, the school, our Merchant Taylor School, you know, grass wickets under a tent, and we had like these trials going on, and it was intense, and there was some serious talent. I was like, we're gonna, we're gonna do all right as a team here. So um, I remember he pulled me aside quite early and said like he wanted me to be a leader, obviously being older, experienced playing for Scotland, been on the county scene. So um, that for me was quite tricky because you had a lot of, you had probably two different kinds of people on the YCs. You had guys who were really talented, but probably needed to change their attitude a little bit. Yeah. And you had guys who worked like dogs, but probably just didn't, couldn't quite get the best out of their talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was probably the first one. Yeah, to change the attitude a little bit. The talent was kind of there. Guys on the staff that probably didn't quite have it, but they just trained all day long. Yeah, like, I'm not saying I was perfect or anything, but I felt like I was the kind of person who trained, like tried to do training right and do the right things. And I think these guys didn't, and he was trying to get me to get that out of them. And I got caught in the crossfire of telling people what to do type thing. And yeah. it's, you know, it's difficult because you can see these guys and you're like, look, come on, you can do this. You could be a professional cricketer, but you need to start acting like a bit of a clown or you need yep. to take things a little bit more seriously. So I think I felt like guys struggled with that, which was fine because it wasn't, you know, I wasn't there to be everyone's best mate as, as Cubs kind of said to me at the time. But um, I absolutely loved playing with the YCs and like we, we didn't win many games, but we did. We had a pretty successful T20 comp you know, which was really good. Um, and for me, it got me in the best pace, uh, best space to play for Scotland that summer when we had, I think, Sri Lankan, Zimbabwe uh, and Namibia. So, like, in terms of the cricket side of things, you know, training at Lords was unbelievable. Putting the yards with a fitness coach and you had some good people, like, good guys come in and work. You know, we had, like, uh, the Gidman brothers come in. We had a couple of uh, bowling coaches come in and work with the bowlers. So, like, you know, and you see... England cricketers, Middlesex cricketers every day. You can see what they're training. You obviously get to kind of watch England a bit. Yep. You know, the guys are netballing England. So you get some yeah. unbelievable opportunities, mm-hmm. um, which you just don't get if you don't do it. Yep. Um, so, you know, the YCs was, was good. Um, I actually didn't end up playing that many games in that year because of Scotland stuff came back in again. Um, but no, it was definitely an experience. And I said it to the coaches and if Scotland should be sending two guys down there every time. If, if it still goes on, um, because yep. it's a great place, you know, to grow up really as well. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's for what a lot of the guys it was about. It was about growing up to be a professional, as opposed to you need to go there to become a better cricketer. It was kind of mature. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. I think it's a good shout by you there that Scotland should look to send at least one, maybe two lads down there. Probably be better if they sent two lads because you can help. You can kind of help. They can kind of help each other. It's quite. It can be. It can get a bit homesick as well if you're really young. When you yeah. first, I mean, from speaking from experience, I did definitely get homesick down there. Um, but I think it would be great. And they've got a good coach now who seems to be doing good things, Ajmo Shazad. Yeah. Um, obviously, they've got a good relationship with our boys recently. Um, Crossy and, uh, no, sorry, not Crossy, Liske and uh, Safi went out to yeah. the MCC tour in Pakistan. Um, I've got Liske on on Monday to talk about that. So I'm looking forward to hearing yeah. his experience of that. So it's, um, you know, Great. Again, another. You, you really do have good grounding to be going into to be you know to, to play at the top of your the top cricket you can, which is international cricket and World Cup. Um, 
jumping forward. He scored a couple of 50s um, to help Scotland qualify for the 2015 World Cup. Please remind yeah. me who your 50s were against. So I got nine, 90 or 89 or something like that against UAE in Queenstown. Yep. I then got, I think I got 50 or maybe 49 against PNG. Yep. And I got 50, 50 something against Kenya in the, in the, 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 the game we won to, to go. So yep. um, it was a strange tournament, obviously. Like I went into that tournament with, you know, Wrighty and Collie were coaches at the time. And I was, I think I might have even been back nine. Yep. So there's a lot of pressure though, because I, I, I was the only keeper there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit like, you know, I'd only played like two games at this point. And so I was batting nine and then Costa got injured mm-hmm. in the nets and kind of probably lucky that Wrighty was coaching. He'd obviously seen me at under 19 level. So I remember he sat down and said, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, 100%, let's go. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, we had like a rain-affected game against the UAE and it got reduced to something like 28 overs. And I was a bit, I was probably a bit like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to approach this because it's a weird, weird length of game. <clears throat> And the opening with left arm spin, which at the time I wasn't a big, big fan of, was a bit like just used to pace, wanted pace. That's all I wanted. The opening with left arm spin, and I think I hit, I hit the second ball for four, like, and I was just away. And it was just it, me and Cloudy put on 180 odd, and that was the day I was like, I'm, I think I've like, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm ready to to do this properly. So that tournament for me was everything. It was probably the best tournament I've been involved in. So we ended up winning the thing and going to the World Cup. So it was that was a massive competition for me. Yeah, I think um, if I'm right in saying Preston Momsen had a fantastic, yeah, fantastic tournament. Obviously, led the led the side a couple of hundreds, I, I believe, in that yeah. in that trip. And you played some some brilliant cricket to then take you into the 2015 World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, what an experience, obviously. And the thing about that World Cup is it was the amount of cricket that you boys got. You played mm. more games than I think any other team had ever played at a World Cup. Uh, how was how was how was that experience for you? It was just unbelievable. Like everything from the hotels, the training, you know, the atmospheres, the grounds. It was just you know surreal at times. And obviously, it was it was quite strange to us because it was like a game every six days. Mm-hmm. We've never really played like that. It's like a game every other day. If yeah. We play so it kind of felt like a holiday at times. It was a bit weird. Um, it was probably more training than cricket. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, probably, we didn't have a good tournament. We showed glimpses of what was possible. Um, you know, we probably lost two crunch games we should have won, probably. Well, Afghanistan is one that you... Yeah, Afghanistan and Bang- Bangladesh, to be honest, we, we should have won after what position we got ourselves into. But, um, you know, that probably in some ways gave us more motivation losing those games than, than potentially winning them. So, yeah. Um, but we took the lessons we needed to take from there. We probably were, we probably weren't quite ready. I think you know, there's always that feeling if you know we'd had a bit more experience. Like I, th- I always think, if the team that's played now, having beaten Sri Lanka, Zimbabwe, England, yep. what that team could do, having the confidence of having done it, and that, that team at that time never had done it. So it yep. was we were a bit in awe. Like we couldn't beat Afghanistan at that time, no matter what format it was. Yeah. We'd never really played against anyone else mm-hmm. at that time. So mm-hmm. I just think, you know, a bit of lack of experience and, you know, some good individual performances took games away from us. And that's what happens at the top level. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you'll be better off with the experience. 
clearly you're better off the experience because Scotland then go on to, you know, play some some really fantastic cricket. You, you had was it was it two games against Sri Lanka? Unfortunately, <laughs> um, they they weren't full ODIs, which I can't really get my head around. I mean, Scotland against Sri Lanka, surely that should be a a full ODI. It's not like we're some sort of county second eleven makeshift team or something. We're an international side. You performed really. You, you performed well. What was your? Remind me of your scores. Uh, well, I got my first my first Scotland hundred in that first game. Um, I maybe got twenty or thirty in the second game. But um, how was it, how was it getting your? You obviously opened up. Yeah. Uh, how was that to get your first first hundred? Really should have been your first ODI hundred, but ODI hundred against a Test playing nation. Yeah, it was just, uh, to be honest, it was pure relief because, like I said, like that 90 I got against the UAE should have been my first 100 for Scotland. I should have walked 100, you know, yeah. 60 balls and I had 10 overs to spare. So I could have. So it was kind of like, at that point, you know, that was two years later. Um, I'd been batting, you know, batting seven for a couple of years there and obviously the team changed in that time and I got my chance back at the top. And it was just, it was relief, to be honest. Like, I, I missed my, my chance when I was, you know, 20 to get one. Um, yeah. But it was just, it was an unbelievable day as well. Obviously, the way Costa played was just ridiculous. Yeah. And I just kind of had to bat around him. And then once we got to, once he got out, it was just a case of finishing it off. And I think seeing it home and being not out at the end as well, it's just that kind of satisfaction. I think, you're, I, think you're, I think you're downplaying that a wee bit, Crossy. I mean, you don't, you, don't, you don't just play second fiddle and get 100 against Sri Lanka. You obviously played, you played a beautiful, beautiful knock. Kyle, you're right. I know what you mean. When he's in full flow, I mean, there's not many, there's not many better sights, but... To get 100 against Sri Lanka, I mean, you should be very proud of that and you should take every confidence from it, which you have done. Um, I want to now kind of just a couple more things I want to touch on in your career. One of the, one of the biggest being you, you went on to play in a, an ODI um, against England. Massive game at the Grange. Um, I've already had your good pal, your chum on just yesterday, Callum McLeod, and, and we talked quite, quite in depth about it. Yeah, I bet, I bet he did. Talk, we talked about you, and uh, he claims that you're one of his best mates. Is that is that true? I've, so basically, from yeah, this is actually a true story. One of my I played an 18 game when I was about 16, 17 when I was down at uni. No, I must have been 18. Yeah. I went to turn up the hotel to play against North Hans Twos or something. Yeah. I got in and I was rooming with someone like maybe like Barrington. Yeah. And I got into the room and I got to the hotel and they said, "Oh, the rooms have been changed and you're now in this room." I was yeah. like, okay, brilliant. Of course it's going to happen. Yeah. I've, been stuck, I've been stuck with McLeod, haven't I? I got like, I turned up last. I got the man no one wanted. And then, you know, we roomed together pretty much since that day. So I have to put up with him. So Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a character. I've toured with Callum and I went to South Africa with him. And it's safe to say I didn't always see eye to eye with him. He's a... <laughs> he, you'd be the only one there. He's a, even when I was interviewing him, you know, I found that like he's got these facial expressions. I don't know if he's like taking the mick out of me or if he's like just you know. I just I don't know how to sometimes read them. Uh, but no, he, he spoke he spoke he spoke very well. He spoke very well yesterday. I'm looking forward to to putting it out there. But you obviously opened up in the in the ODI. Yeah. Yourself and Kyle again, who seemed to really exciting times for Scottish cricket. Seemed to have found a really good opening pair in the in ODI cricket. Um, and you boys put on a very quick. 100 plus opening partnership. Um, one thing I remember about you in particular was you were just beautifully playing the ball off the back foot. Obviously, it was a beautiful wicket. I remember David Willey, I think it was, running in first couple of overs. You were just leaned it up, leaned back, back foot, leaned it, put, put it through the covers. Lovely to watch. 
you know, talk to me about your, your feeling of doing, of doing that that day. Yeah, actually, it's funny you say that because going into that game, I was actually, so obviously kind of knew it was going to be Wood and Willie. And obviously Wood was bowling quick and this and that. I wasn't really worried about Wood. I was worried about Willie though. Because I, wa- I watched a few ODIs and yeah, he swings it and he, get, he seemed to be getting a lot of, a lot of wickets and a lot yeah. of top order batters out. So I was a bit like, I'd done a little bit of practice in the game leading up, you know, right arm, side arm around the wicket, just trying to figure the angles out. And I think he bowled, he bowled his first one down the leg side and it hooped and I was like, oh God, here we go. Like, yeah, he gets it right. And he bowled his second one short and wide and I just, and I, had, and I smoked it before and I was like, this is all right. Like, I can do this. Yeah. And it, the wicket, like you said, was ridiculous. Like, I've never, I didn't know even that the outfield as well. It was like lightning. So, yeah. and it just kind of built from there. Costa hit some naughty back foot punches down the ground off wood and we were just kind of away. And they, to be, to be honest, they kind of, re, they retreated pretty quickly, which kind of, Signal to us that we're doing all right, I think. Yeah. You know, they went very defensive, slips went out. You know, third man came up, another man went out somewhere else. And it was kind of just keep playing. The wicket, you know, was so good that you didn't have to go searching too much as a batter. You just just let, you know, trust yourself with timing. And it was just one of those days. It just kind of, you know, in the end, it, it was nothing compared to what England did to our, us in the first 10. But yeah, yeah. obviously, I keep saying to people, if I hadn't got out when I did, then we might not have got. 370. Yeah, I, was going to, I was going to come to that. Obviously, Kyle, Adil Rashid comes on and bowls a, yeah. <laughs> a pretty nice over and removes Kyle. Pretty good nut, yeah. to be fair. Um, and then you kind of went to run one down to third man. I mean, you weren't, you didn't, running it down to third man shows that you've not really been done there um, and you looked really frustrated because you could have been set for a Set for a big one there. Potentially went on to score a score a prop. Get your get your ODI hundred. You were you were you were playing it. You were playing it so easily. So that must have been a frustration for you. I don't know. I don't know the hard work, and that's that's always the worst feeling. Like sometimes, you know, it's probably a cliche. You'd rather get out for naught than that because what I've done there is just giving away a wicket when I've done all the hard work. And obviously at the time, Claudia had just come in as well, so it was actually even worse than that because me and Costa, I think, got him back to back overs. Yeah, dangerous. It was a dangerous time. Yeah, so I actually double whammy really had messed up there. But obviously Richie and Clyde, two of our most experienced players, came together. And I think the way we started, they picked it up straight away, which might not always happen. Someone who comes in might take time. Yeah, absolutely. And they didn't, which was probably the reason why the game kept flowing. You know, Richie got in. I remember he hit a deal received for six down the ground. Clyde was sweeping. They were just away straight away. Like, they didn't yeah. even think about it. So, you know, and anyway, you know, George came in, Leesky six of his last ball. So yeah. guys just kept kind of sticking to that positive game plan and before we knew it, we ended up with a you know, ridiculous score. Would you echo what Kyle and uh, Callum have pretty much already said that, you know, you'd been building up for a good year leading into that game. You, 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 knew, what you, were, you knew what your game plan was going into that game. You knew how you wanted it. I mean, it looked like everybody knew what was expected of them. I mean, even like you say, Munzee came out to bat and he just... Played a, I mean, the partnership of Kyle and, uh, sorry, Rich, it was just three, three partnerships that were crucial. You and Kyle yeah. get to 100. Richie and Callum, great experience to just, just recoup a little bit, then go again, like you say, got to over 200. Richie goes, Munzee comes in, then another 100 partnership takes us to 300. It was just, you know, un, unheard of. It was like you boys were just batting in a different world. England must have just been, you know, itching their head of, what do we do? Everything we try, everything Owen Morgan seemed to try that day boys seem to have an answer. But would you say that going out to open the bat in that day, I mean, it's easy to say it now, but was that pretty much your intention that we're going to come hard at these, we're going to, we're going to look to put the pressure on them? 
Yeah, something we talked about and kind of was, you know, winning, expecting a team to play well, but us playing better or, you know, being better than them on the day. So they're going to play an A, an a game, I think Grant called it. And yeah. we're going to have to play an A-plus game to beat them, you know, especially the top teams. And they don't have days where they get bowled out for 180. They don't really have those days. Yeah. Too many good players. So, you know, look back at, in the process of that, we had Sri Lanka where we had to chase 290. Uh, Zimbabwe, we got 320 batting first. Afghanistan and Zimbabwe, we chased 270-odd. Mm-hmm. So, like, we, we'd shown that we can beat good teams by playing really good cricket, and they played good as well. And I think that's what we did on that day because, you know, I know Owen Morgan tried to brush it under the carpet saying, you know, it was better than a warm-up game or whatever. Johnny Bairstow got 150 balls and we still came out on top, so... And the other thing was, you know, they used to turn up, uh, they normally turn up at the Grange with a weakened bowling attack. That yeah. was their frontline ODI bowling attack at that time. There's no, uh, yeah. Willie, Wood, uh, Plunkett, Adil and Moyne, that's their attack. Um, changed probably a little, probably be a little bit different now. But yeah. at that point, um, and, and it's interesting, after games like that, Willie got dropped and he was like their, he was their, yeah. he was their golden man and he, he got dropped, didn't get taken to the World Cup. Um, so it's, uh, you know, you, you, you really did put a lot of boys uh, under pressure that day. It was, it, was, it was great to see. Obviously, we go on to put in a phenomenal performance in the field. Stuck their guns. Um, Mark Watt. What, what, what a performance. And another day, he gets... I mean, to go five and a half in a game like that and get three wickets. What do you, what do you... I mean, what's your thought? You, you were behind the stumps. What was he... What does he do well, Mark Watt? Do you know what? He's one of the stupidest blokes I've ever met. But he's got a seriously good bowling brain. Okay. And I don't know how, but he just, you know, and he's, you know, as soon as he came into the squad, he's, he's, you know, he's got a bit of character about him and, you know, he's gone from strength to strength really as a, as a, as a left-arm spinner. So, you know, he, he, he that wicket he got a moan at the end was quality like, yeah. you know, chucking one up when he's looking at everyone. He's done him. Yeah. And, you know, other people might not have done that. Mm-hmm. He'd gone defensive because he was whacking it everywhere, and he had a bit of bow in that day. And you know, Cloudy obviously takes a lot of the plaudits, and rightly so. But what he's spell was seriously under undervalued that day. I think on a day where pretty much every batter got runs. Yeah, guy took three for fifty, and no other bowler really got close to that. I don't think. And it was the way he started it all off as well. He removed Roy yeah. up at the start, so he, he, yeah, when started, you-, <laughs> he you know it was a big wicket. I mean, if they go for another five or six overs at that point. Yeah. It, it, was just, it was just raining fours and sixes. I mean, it, it yeah. was it, 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 interesting talking to Sappy as well. He said that you boys knew they were going to come hard at you. You knew the ball was probably going to fly around the lit and it was all, you talked about staying calm mm-hmm. and you kind of staying in the mm-hmm. game. And that, that kind of keeping calm really resulted in that stage in between 200 and 300 where we managed to get at least three or four wickets where they didn't manage to do that to us. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a crucial part of the game. Uh, you were obviously behind the stumps. Was it just a matter of keeping the energy levels up, keeping the boys going? Yeah, I think like it's, it's, it's a lot easier when you've got 370 on the board. But obviously, there was a point where I was looking, I think Cloudy was at slip, and I was looking like, they're going to chase us in 30 overs. They're going to absolutely embarrass us here. And then obviously, like, you know, we, we stuck at it. Costa did the right thing. He kept mixing things up, changes. Uh, Richie picked up obviously an important wicket best who eventually got one wrong which um, you know probably what Cloudy didn't do is he didn't give them a chance you know if yeah. Bairstow 150 there so he 
he probably, as much as he got them back in the game, he gave it away. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there was, a, there was a run out. And we just, we just stuck at it. And we, to be honest, we took all our chances. I don't remember missing a chance. No, you were. The, the same way, the same way you really give them a lot back. run out at long on. Yeah. Pick up and throw. Phenomenal. I think the Kyle was telling me the one that he took in front of the stumps and pulled back. That's stuff that you've worked on as well. Yeah, it's just it's one of those days where it, it pretty much everything went right. To be pretty, all of our batters got runs. Um, we took every chance in the field. We bowled pretty well, you know. And that that's what we talked about is playing an A plus game and you see what happens when you do that, you know. No, well, we see yeah, what happens in the world. And and lot and hopefully now. As you say, you've got the experience of beating Sri Lanka, beating yeah. England now, two of the biggest, biggest tests, but you know, two proper powerhouses in world cricket. And now, hopefully, we we have it. We qualify for some World Cups down the line. Um, I know the I know things have been made a bit tougher by the ICC. Hopefully, that can be re, that can be changed up a little bit because yeah. to me, it looks like the associates are the top three, four associates are better placed now than they ever were to beat the big the big guns. Yeah. So hopefully, you you boys get to go on and. And take on some some big fish and, and take because really what Scotland now need is to go to a World Cup and to beat one of the big Test playing nations, if not two. Ireland have done it, and I don't think they're any better than what we are uh, at the moment. I think Scotland with their bowling attack probably are, you know, we've got some proper bowlers in the in, in the mix right now. I think are probably stronger than Ireland. I think so. Fingers crossed that we go yeah. on to do that. What a finish with the. Uh, You've, it was good to see recently some of our own get to go and uh, take part in a franchise tournament. You obviously went out to Canada to play for the, the Montreal Tigers. How was that for you, mate? And who, just to remind me, who, which, who was, which kind of names did you have on your team? Uh, so I was with Costa. Um, George, George Bailey was our icon player. Um, we had Sun Onoring. Yeah. Uh, a couple of Sri Lankan lads, Chandamo and Tisara Pereira. Uh, uh, Fawad Ahmed from. Oh, I'm interviewing him. To, I'm interviewing yeah, 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 I've seen him. that. Yeah. No, top, top man. Um, it was just a, it was an unbelievable experience. Like it was, you know, so well. It wasn't particularly well run, but like um, all those big guys there, you know, you kind of see that they are just human as well. Yeah. yeah. Chatting cricket, chatting all sorts of rubbish with these guys, you no, know, you know, guys like McCullum, Chris Lynn, guys like that who just done it, been everywhere, done it, and it was just yep. so cool to 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 train with them, play with them, play against them. But also like I think there was opportunity for us to show how good we are. Yeah. A couple of the boys obviously got got that opportunity and they Munzee, took it. I think Munzee obviously he really he really made a name, he really announced yeah. himself, didn't he? Yeah, Mons was, Mons was good. He obviously got runs against us, um, as he reminded us. And then Costa, Costa was, our best, was our best batter in our team as well. So, you know, I think our coach was Tom Moody as well, who's, you know, multiple IPL winning coach. So, you know, I think we walked away from it. Particularly how, in our how team. That, what did you pick up from, what did you pick up from the experience of working under a coach like that who knows the T20 format and franchise, obviously, in the biggest, the biggest franchise tournament in the world he, he coaches at out? How did, what did you pick up from him? I think uh, a couple of things. I did a one-to-one with him where he kind of, you know, just a few little things that I didn't even expect, like, from someone like him to, you know, sort of very basic things in terms of batting and what I was doing and wasn't doing. Something, I think it was something simple as, like, staying still. I was trying to do too many things in net. Just trying to, you know, show off a bit, probably. Yeah. Um, 
but even though like obviously with I think it's Sunrisers he coaches he has they obviously have a pretty like a method in terms of who they pick they, they go pretty bowling heavy mm-hmm. and I think that was quite evident in the, in the team we picked most of our overseas players are bowlers mm-hmm. and obviously he stuck to that and it also showed that we're not as a Scotland side we're not far away in terms of the thinking or we actually might be ahead of the thinking sometimes um, of where these guys are at so he was very clear when he spoke and it was you know he kind of hung on every word so really loved it I hope you know I'm probably not this year but maybe next year we'll be able to go back and do it all again really enjoyed it and he gave you know gave Costas Costas some great opportunity in that team I got a little bit of opportunity at the end um, but you know I think the guys did did pretty well helped themselves pretty well so hopefully we get to we get to do that again maybe oh, next it was, it was it's, it's awesome to see that boys are starting because yeah I, our talent I think is just as good as anybody's talent around yeah. the world now and um, I think getting that exposure and the fact that Munzee and Kyla perform well hopefully will pave the way for them to consider Scottish players in the future as well Definitely. and these boys can play um, good you know it's been it's been really good you know Crossy I've enjoyed this it's, uh, it's been a, a, I've really enjoyed talking your journey I mean it's been quite different we, I wanted to talk to you more about your kind of upbringing and your, your kind of graduation into becoming a professional cricketer which has been you know, you've got such good grounding behind you, but you've had some great experiences now. For a 27-year-old lad, you've got um, a lot of experience, a wealth of experience for your age. So I think it stands Scotland in good stead to have a guy like you with a key part, you know, behind the glo- having the gloves. I think talking to you, maybe somebody that can maybe go on to captain Scotland one day, is that something that you, you maybe aspire to eventually? Yeah, definitely. I think I've been lucky to be in some sort of vice-captain kind of roles and done captaincy at the YCs and stuff like that. And I do really enjoy it. I think it adds, you know, brings a little bit more out of me sometimes. So, you know, I've got a lot of, a lot of things I need to do right first in terms of focusing on my game. But, you know, maybe one day it will, will fall to me. And if it does, I hope I'm actually ready to take it as well. So, no, I mean, talk, talking to me, I think you'll, and, 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 you know, by the time you're two, three years down the line, I don't think Kyle will be playing too much longer after two, three years down the line. Don't worry. His, his, his hairline certainly suggests that he's, uh, he's coming to near the end, but I think his body's still got a few years left in it. So, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd hope that Kyle will lead the team for a few years yet, but then there's definitely, a, there must be opportunity out there for somebody to take the reins. And you seem like quite a level-headed man. You seem grumpy enough. You seem like you've got that kind of, that's something Callum touched on. He said you're very grumpy. Laid back, chilled. Yeah laid back but, but be able to like you were mentioning at the MCC on cricketers you're able to have those tougher conversations and you need to be able to have that as a captain so you know I think uh, you'd be a great candidate down the line but at the moment keep concentrating on your cricket keep going for your runs um, I'll, I'll look out for another edition of one of your golf one of your golf tricks something that basically goes around the full house I'm looking for you know, I just want to go and get on a golf course to be honest that'll do me I think everyone's crying out for uh, Nicola Sturgeon to to open yeah. up, open that up, but uh, look at this point. The main thing is uh, is everyone's health and and staying safe. Yeah. So I think yeah. we'll, we'll all have it, hopefully enough time to get back on the cricket field and the golf course. But for now, we just uh, we'll, we'll we'll stick to the rules. But Crossy, listen, appreciate it, my friend. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you down line and following yeah. some of your performances, mate. Cheers, Shaky. Appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye.